for listening to the Dearest Doula podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Sines, and this is episode 92. Welcome, dearest doula community. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. In addition to being a birth doula and hypnobirthing coach and mentor, she's also a registered nurse, and she's the owner of the RN Doula and Consultancy business, serving clients both virtually and locally in the Wichita, Kansas area. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Miss Johnny Diane Thompson. How are you today, Johnny? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, great. Thank you so much for coming on. And I've given our listeners just a really brief overview. So why don't you take a moment to kind of fill in the blanks on your intro and tell us a little more about yourself. Um, I've actually been involved with birth since I was probably 11 years old. I was the neighborhood babysitter for newborn children, which I look back now and think, oh, that's scary. Um, but they let me take care of brand new babies. And from there, I just kind of have grown at by 14, I was collecting birth books. By 20, I was in LVN school working in um, high risk OB because my first labor and delivery rotation as a LPN um, was a precipitous baby, which meant the baby was born in the bed too quickly. And so from there, I just was hooked. And so I would be what you call a birth junkie. Um, so I love having the babies. I love helping people have their babies, but I don't so much want to take the babies home with me. So that's why I love my job is I am able to give people the joy, the excitement, the, even if we have sadness or things happening that they don't understand, I'm able to help them understand more how this is happening and why this is happening with them and their baby and their experience. Awesome. Thank you so much for filling us in a little more on you. And, um, you know, we were, Johnny and I were sharing in our pre-interview chat how she is the first um, guest to have on our show who's coming at birth work from that labor and delivery side. And we've been so blessed on the show to have an array of birth workers come on and share their journeys, whether they're midwives or doulas or childbirth educators or chiropractors. And so um, this is really the first time that we're going to get to hear about what birth work is like and all of those struggles and the highs and um, the insights and the resources from a labor and delivery nurse. So I'm super excited to dive into that. And um, while I do feel like as a labor and delivery nurse, your um, occupation is probably recognized a lot more often than when someone just says there's a um, they're a doula. I know that I really struggled a lot in the beginning trying to put into words what it is that I do in a short and simple way. So when you do happen to mention in conversation that you're a labor and delivery nurse and someone asks what exactly does that mean, how do you describe it in, in about 10 seconds or less? Um, that we're the person that's beside you the whole time, and we being a nurse that could transition through the time period you're there. It could be two hours, it could be 24, 72 hours, but we're the person who's at the bedside continually helping you to have your birth the way it's going to flow when the doctor's not there, usually in a hospital or birth care environment. We're the per- consistent person always there. Okay, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And we're kind of just rolling right along. And what I'd like to do next is touch into your origin story, if you will. So this show was created for that new and prospective birth worker. And um, even though I usually cater the show to doulas, just being a doula myself, I think that it's so great to have you on sharing what your journey was like getting into nursing. Because for some of our listeners who are just at the beginning and starting to feel that pull towards birth work, this may very well be the discipline that they're pulled to. 
too. So getting to hear what inspired you and what that transition was like getting into that line of birth work, I think is going to be awesome. And so I'd love to have you share that with us. Oh, wow. I've always done nursing since I was 15. I came into the nursing field at 15 as a um, feeding patients at a geriatric home. My mom was like, you want to go spend two hours with old people? And I'm like, (laughs) and my mom's like, they, that's gross. And I went, okay, mom, I'm going to do it. So I did that. Um, I spent doing my whole teenage years doing that until I graduated from high school at 17 got accepted into nursing school and decided, I don't want to be a nurse. No, 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 I don't want to do that. I went in the Air Force for four years. Um, But during that first year of being in the Air Force, I was back to being a nurse's aide on the weekends and my time off. So it was still there. I kept running away from it, but it kept pulling me back. So finally then, when I got out of my four years, I ended up going back and getting my licensure and going, okay, I'm going to be a nurse. (laughs) It's part of me. I don't think I chose it. I think it chose me. I don't think I've ever had a... And, and I know nurses will say this every day. I, I, I just want to walk away and never come back. But then the next day, you're right back at your shift. You're right back at your patient. You're right back there doing your job because you don't know any other way. That's how we think and walk and talk. It's just who we are. Awesome. Yeah, you know, um, my mom's an RN, and so I definitely hear a lot of that, that just that constant call to answer answer the call, you know, and that passion that's there. Um, it is very, very hard and heart-wrenching work um but i know that she values every minute of it too it's kind of a love-hate uh, oh, relationship yeah, that lo- she has like you're like your partner right <laughs> i love you but i hate you today <laughs> exactly so um so we got to hear how you've kind of just always been involved in some aspect of nursing and you come out of the air force and you decide to go into nursing school from there what made you specifically decide to work in the labor and delivery unit i just When I was in my training and we had that baby in the bed, um, which is a precipitous birth at that time, I had no idea. I was, I was what, 22, I think. And um, the older nurse had left me with the patient who was on her fifth baby and said, now just watch her and and then let me know when you need me. I'm stupid. And I go, okay, sure. (laughs) I've never been around a birthing person. So we're chatting and talking and she's, you know, moaning and groaning and making, you know, all these noises and different things, but she's fine. We're chatting. And then all of a sudden she goes, Oh, and I go, are you okay? She goes, I think we need the nurse. And I went, you think so? And she said, go get the nurse. And I went, okay. So I went and got the nurse. The nurse whipped the curtain back. She whipped the blankets back and she goes, Oh my God, she's having the baby. Why did you let her do that? And I'm like, um, I didn't let her do anything. Um, and I was hooked. It was just like, wow, you can have a baby that easy. Um, and, and it was, it was that easy. I mean, we, she chatted, she labored, she chatted, we labored and <laughs> had a baby and we had a baby basically as between the labor room and the delivery room at that time, you're driving down the hallways in your bed birthing. And it's just, I've never gotten over that love of that moment of, and there is a moment of silence. I was talking to a doula friend earlier. There is a moment of silence at every birth where as a nurse, you're like, is this baby Okay. You know, most all of them come out screaming and wailing and doing the right things. But a lot of them are very quiet, very tired because they've been through a lot. And you're just kind of like, okay, are we okay? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know about other people, but that's when I always tell the angels, okay, angels, I need (laughs) you to get this baby going. So it's just been, you know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's an addiction. It truly is. I love, if I could give birth every day, that'd be awesome. (laughs) I loved 
I love being pregnant. I love giving birth. Raising the children was the hard part for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you on that. Yeah. Awesome. So so we got to hear that origin story. And it kind of sounds like we maybe even touched on your movie moment. But we'll get back to that a little later in the show. Um, and and then, I mean, we were kind of hitting on these, these notes over and over again. But that's so great. And, um, you know, we've talked about how it, it can be a real struggle answering your call as a birth worker. And our next segment really focuses on a time when you hit your lowest of lows when you really hit that wall as a birth worker as a labor and delivery nurse where you wondered whether or not you could even do this anymore um, I, I like to share those moments on the show because for a lot of these interested birth workers I do think it's really important that they get that dose of reality that it isn't all sunshine and rainbows being in birth um, that we do have our our moments of struggle um, but then also just making sure that we touch on how we were able to overcome that struggle and use it to our advantage I think is going to be really inspiring for our listeners so if you wouldn't mind sharing that we'd love to hear it i i have you know i've had lots of ups and downs where i've seen things that were scary things that were nerve-wracking because i worked in NICU also for a while so i've been on that side too where i was catching those babies as they were coming in once again i think that's probably why i look at the babies coming out a little bit differently because i'm a NICU nurse too but for me personally my lowest my lowest as I could ever go in labor and delivery, it was um, when my daughter had her first baby. Um, and for whatever reason, um, at that time, my daughter chose to sever the relationship with her father and I. So I was working in a birthing unit while in a labor, a very small labor and delivery while she was pregnant and when she had her baby at another hospital. And so after she had her baby and the disconnect happened, and I think this happens in families, and I think nurses, we all check our emotions at the door, but sometimes it's really hard to check those emotions at the door. So I remember going back after my first granddaughter was born and knowing I was not involved in that, which was really hard, but going in and being with the happy moms, being with the happy grandmas, being with the happy families, it was heart-wrenching and it was i was doing my job i was supporting my patients really well but i hit a wall and thankfully i worked with a really good labor and delivery nurse who is still a labor and delivery nurse here locally she's a charge nurse and i adore her um and she and i looked at each other and said i have to leave and so in 2009 i walked away from labor and delivery completely i didn't do any birth work of any sort i just walked away it was like mm -hmm. I, I can't do it and it wasn't until 2013 when and i don't even know what pulled me back in but something pulled me back in and said now's the time you need to be there for the mommies who need you and the mommies who want you and so now my first birth in september of 2013 and this young lady knows it was a 52 hour labor wow <laughs> um, it was a v-back it was awesome. it was just unbelievable but you know what I cried at that labor because I needed to shed those emotions. Once again, you check it at the door, but sometimes it has to come out. And I realized this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I am a birth worker. This is my job. This is my calling. Maybe I'm not here for my child, but you know what? There's lots of other children who need me to be that motherly figure who's neutral, who I have no agenda <laughs> like their mamas do. <laughs> All mamas have agendas. Um, and so I and and so I'm very thankful and you know I miss my daughter every day I miss my grandchildren every day but I also know what I'm doing is the right thing and this is why I was put here I don't understand the rationale and I never will but I do believe and and that's a hard it's taken me this many years to be able to talk about that and calmly and rationally and say it was a good thing it was a sad thing but you know what 
it it's I've helped so many other families this way. I couldn't have done it. If I'd have been a true grandma and a mom still, I would not be able to give what I'm giving. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. And you hit upon, again, just so many similar notes that we've heard on other um, interviews where as a birth worker, we do have to kind of check our ego and check all of our feelings and whatever else is going on in our lives at the door. And that can be especially difficult. And we've heard testimonies of doulas who might have been facing fertility problems heading into um, a labor or might have experienced a recent loss um, going into a labor. And it can be incredibly difficult to separate those feelings and to leave Mm -hmm. them behind. And they don't always, you know, get checked at the door. We we can't help it. We're only human. Yeah, they sure do. And so I'm I'm so glad to hear that you were able to recognize that within yourself and take that step back. And that that's just another part of birth work is that for a lot of us, this is a transient time in our lives, you know, um, going through birth work, we have a lot of other things going on. And then sometimes it's also we just need to st- take a step back because we just need to take a step back, you know, but um, getting to hear that you returned, it sounds like the world is a much better place um, for you for having returned. And so I'm so glad that you're there and you're able to continue to offer these services to your clients. And, uh, and yeah, we can just fully hear that passion and that love in your voice. And so I'm so, I'm so happy to hear that this was able, there's something you were able to return to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we might have just touched on it, but the next segment kind of takes us to the flip side of that biggest struggle. And it is that movie moment, that moment where as a birth worker, you realize this is why I do what I do. I was meant to be right here, right now. In case it wasn't that 52-hour labor, um, that VBAC, let's go ahead and just touch on it. <laughs> I think some of it was is some of the teen moms I've worked with that, you know, it's is to see them I think the most amazing thing with our laboring moms is to watch them um, do what they didn't think they could do. They didn't have the strength. They didn't have the power. You know, they may be kind of beat down on themselves. You know, they may be young. They may be unmarried. Uh, they could have relationship things going on. But that when that you when all of a sudden I see that woman get that power and that strength. And, and I know it's flowing through the people in the room. So it's the people working with her. And I don't mean this mainly to the dads, but it becomes a woman moment. Mm-hmm. And so the dads are still there, but the women in the world of that room just kind of connect. And we see that woman all of a sudden, just like, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you can, come on. And it's been the one who's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And all of a sudden they realize, oh wait, I can't, I am. Oh, I'm having my baby. And, and <laughs> You know, especially with the ones who choose to go natural and are able to obtain that, because that is a hard goal. And I remind people, that's a great goal, and I'm glad you want it, but it's not always realistic. So, but when you get that mama, and even my the epidural mama, oh, I can tell you, I, I had an epidural mama who was a VBAC that was just so amazing, because she kept saying, well, I can't feel anything, I can't feel it. Can I sing? Well, yeah. And we're like, okay. So she wanted to sing. So every time she'd have a contraction and she had a very light epidural, she would sing out. And we're like, okay, this is weird. And she said, well, what about that mirror you guys talked about? Okay. We put the mirror at the end of the bed. And so she's watching and she's singing. And every time she has a contraction, she lets out this big operatic sound. (laughs) And all of a sudden we're all there and the doc's getting ready to say one more push. And as he says, one more she lets us this yelp and this baby comes jutting out of her and we're all like, ah, 
I think we just had a baby. And she goes, did I have my baby? And I'm like, oh my God, you had your baby. You did it, girl. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it just makes that light come on. And go, oh, this is why, this is what we do. And she tells everybody, oh my God, you got to have babies. This is how you do it. You got to have a fear. You got to sing. And so she's just amazing. And she's already talking about another baby. I'm like, oh my goodness, they're so funny. So I love it when they, when they find their strength and their power. And to me, that's that ancestral heredity stuff that's handed down from our grandmothers, grandmothers, grandmothers that mm -hmm. made us very strong because our ancestors did not have easy birthing times. I don't care what anybody right. wants to say. It was rough. And if you even survived your birth, let alone your child, your childbirth, and then your baby, it was amazing. So we may not have the best of birthing worlds today, but you know, it's pretty darn good here. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That was such an awesome story or a couple of stories. And I loved hearing those. And I mean, I can feel my heart getting lighter just listening and hearing everything and all the emotion in your voice. So I know our listeners absolutely loved that. Thank you so much for sharing those with us. Um, we're going to go ahead and move into the nitty gritty segment. But before we do that, we're just going to pause for a moment to get a quick word in from our sponsors. Do you want to build a doula business that supports you as well as your clients? If you love being a doula with all of your heart, yet struggle to find clients to grow a thriving business, Babel Mia's Don't Doula It Yourself business trainings and memberships are here to guide you every step of the way. Whether you want trainings on social media, goal setting, marketing, or more, they have trainings that you are going to love. Simply visit them at training.babomia.com and click on the pay-per-view tab for a complete list of trainings, including a pretty amazing and free business prep school video series. You can also use the code DEAREST to get 50% off any of the pay-per-view videos or monthly membership. And again, that website was training.babomia.com and Babomia is spelled B-E-B-O-M-I-A. Are you a doula or childbirth professional who wants to deliver the best experience to your clients? Do you also want to make sure you're being smart about the best ways to run your business? Consider your birth experience. Their training and curriculum is used nationwide by childbirth professionals who learn how to connect with clients, identify their needs, and equip them for their own unique experience. Participants of your birth experience will also learn valuable branding, sales, marketing, and pricing strategies. They empower you with confidence by combating myths with facts, using simple and effective training techniques, and by getting you the tools and resources you need to make informed decisions. Learn more about their step-by-step -step training process at yourbirthexperience.com. And again, use the code DEAREST-DOULA for 10% off your purchase. All right, awesome, Johnny. So we are moving into the nitty gritty, and this is really where we just get to know a little bit about what makes you work and all of those awesome insights and resources that you have to share with our listeners. So what would you say is your biggest strength as a birth worker? Um, my biggest strength is also my biggest weakness is that I, I give it all. Um, and sometimes I don't know how to stop until I'm over that line. And I'm like, I just hit the wall. Crap. Now I'm on the other side. So <laughs> my, my giving, my giving heart, my, my compassion for everyone. Um, and, and I've raised up, I've been, my nursing career has gone through a lot of changes of, um, disease processes that I've added into. And so, you know, I care for everyone equally. I don't care what your socioeconomical level, what all that stuff is. I don't care what disease you have. I care for you the same. And so, um, 
sometimes so your your heart gets touched and you have to be careful because then you if you start feeling too much that's once again trying to check those emotions at the door it's mm-hmm. really hard sometimes to stop that because you may have a a special case come through or a special person or someone that just heart tugs you so my strength is my weakness and I know that and I I I have to be aware if okay I'm really getting really involved here do I need to back up a little bit you know um so so that's I have to check myself and make sure and I teach the people I mentor with and I work with that you've got to always be checking yourself that you talked about ego earlier make Mm -hmm. sure it's not ego talking and that you're really doing this for a right reason it's not something else is going on Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we just knocked out two birds with one stone on that answer. And so we'll move right along. Uh, Joni, what is, or Johnny, sorry, what is one thing that has you inspired right now? Um, my, what has me inspired is I keep having this dream and I know there's many of us that for every birthing mother in the world, there will be her labor and delivery staff or her home birthing staff, whoever she's choosing, but then that she'll have that doula person beside her. So they should always have the two components. So your partner, your your medical or providers, whoever that is, and then that doula person. That's my dream is that everyone has access, whether you have zero dollars or a million dollars, that you are able to have a total team. That's what gives good birth is team effort. Beautiful. What is one personal habit that keeps you on your A-game? Personal habit. I smile all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I made it my daily intent that I have to be happy. That doesn't mean I don't cry. That doesn't mean I don't have sad moments, but I have to get over it. And so, um, and I've actually kind of started with my business doing some um, um, web, what do you call it? Live web Mm -hmm. streaming, which I think are absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) But the people love it, and I get all kinds of response that you just made my day. So I, in turn, by me saying I have to be happy, I'm making it a contagious thing. So awesome. that's that's my goal is to spread spread the disease of happiness. Or <laughs> I call it contentment. It's more than happiness. It's contentment. Awesome. Well, it's definitely working. Um, Johnny and I are synced up on Skype right now and we do have the video playing and I can see her smile and it's absolutely radiant and I know it's just getting me off on a great day. I have six more hours of recording ahead of me and I'm so glad that I started today's interview with you because I just feel so fired up and so ready to shine that I I have to thank you for that too. So big thank you. (laughs) All right. Um, What is one internet resource that you swear by? Um, I tend to, I kind of vary because things are so mobile on the internet. And so I do whenever I have somebody asks me a question or something, I'll go out and do some research, but I try to always find evidence-based facts. So I don't go to mommy Google or to, you know, any of those. Um, I will usually go to some of the bigger institutes like Cleveland, Mayo, um, ACOG, um, the A1, all of the the standard of cares, um, and there are several true evidence-based um, groups out there. And so when I Google up whatever I'm looking for, then I go, oh, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, that's the one I want. And so then when I share that link, then I have, so I feel like I have some backing that I'm not just giving them somebody's personal opinion, that right. it really is something that's a reality. And they can go back and check it later. Not just my opinion. This is what ACOG or A1 or Cleveland or Mayo or some of the bigger institutes are saying. Okay, awesome. What one book would you recommend to the Dearest Dula community and why? Well, I have just recently found this book and it's called Home Birth in the Hospital and it's integrating natural childbirth into the hospital environment. And it's by a Stacy 
S-T-A-C-E-Y, Marie Kerr, I guess, K-E-R-R. And what I like about it is um, it's it's got the best of both worlds. It's home birthing, but it's also hospital or birth care birthing. And I do believe, I tell my moms all the time, once we go in and shut the door, nobody knows where you're at. You don't have to know where you're at. So you can create your own environment. So I tell people this is, you can birth out in the middle of the woods and still be in the middle of a hospital facility. It's where you go. Cause that's part of with my hypnobirthing. So I try to teach them to go where they need to go and be safe. So, but that's been a really good resource and I recommend it to labor and delivery nurses. I recommend it to peds nurses. I recommend it to doulas. I recommend it to my moms and dads. Um, so, because I think everybody should read it to be able to see that there is a way we can have a home birth or a comfortable home-like environment at the hospital or the birth care centers. It is not bad. I get tired of the hospitals and the facilities getting slammed. We mm. do some awesome care in those buildings and there's some awesome people going above and beyond that don't always get recognized. And so I, I, I will still stand behind my sisters every day. I'll <laughs> kick them in the butt if they do it wrong, but I will stand behind them and say, yes, we are trying to do the best we can in this particular situation. But that's a great book. It's a great awesome. resource. All right, great. Thank you so much for that. Now, um, what is one item that you consider your must have? We can do this both as a nurse and then the, I guess the second frame would be as a doula. Okay, as a nurse, um, I, and it's probably, and it's not really a must have, you have to have comfortable shoes, um, <laughs> okay. footwear, um, and then you, I just have to feel comfortable in my, uh, oh, I know it's, okay, this will make you laugh. <laughs> I have to have my glitter. I have glitter on, there's glitter on me all the time. My moms and dads are glittered. All the staff I'm around are glittered. My babies are glittered. So whether you get a boy or a girl, it's gonna have glitter. It will be glittered from birth. So that is my must have accessory is I always have it with me. Even on my bad days, I still splash a little glitter on because you never know who I'm gonna run into. Um, so between comfortable shoes, cause I think that will make or break a good nurse or a good doula. Mm -hmm. um, because you could be on your feet, like I said, 52 hours. Um, right. And as the nurses, you know, those 12 hour shifts, the older we get, oh my golly, those are 12 hours are like 24,000 hours. Right. Um, so really good footwear, um, comfortable footwear, breathable footwear, and then uh, add your glitter, have your awesome. own little personal, you know, what, what's, what's your little, of course I have pink hair too. So <laughs> I'm just a little odd, but I am noticed when people see me and they remember <laughs> in there. <laughs> That's awesome. Going back to the shoes for a moment, do you have a particular brand of shoe or type of shoe that you that you love? Um, I like I wear children's shoes because I have little okay. feet. So the Keens and those type of brands have actually been really comfortable. I've been shocked. Um, and the good thing is they're washable. I can throw them in the wash if I get uh, um, leaks. <laughs> <laughs> for back, but lack of a better term, so sure. I can throw them in the washer. So yeah, I really do like my Keens. They've been really a good shoe, awesome. um, and they have them all shapes, sizes, colors, whatever. So um, I just think they they've been very they're very functional for the foot that you're in. The last birth I doulaed, I was on my feet um, probably from six thirty in the morning until seven thirty eight o'clock that night, and I came home and thought, oh wow, my feet don't hurt at all. Um, so, That's so awesome. there's something in them. Cool. <laughs> and, um, I guess the next two questions probably appeal more to your doula side than your nursing side, but let's say you woke up tomorrow in a completely new town, your food and shelter are taken care of, and you have $300. What steps would you take in the next 10 days to build your business? 
I would make sure I had some sort of um, Facebook site because that's everybody's on Facebook um, and let them know I was new. I would make sure I had my business cards in my hand and I would be passing them out to every person that I talked to. Um, and I and I do that in my daily life. Um, you know, you may look like a grandma. You may look like and I've had grandpas I've hit up. Um, <laughs> well, wait a minute. That came out wrong. You know what? <laughs> to his wife what I'm doing sure. <laughs> so um but the business cards um you know getting the word out on the internet because we are a mobile society and it has to be a mobile access um and then um I I believe in uh, uh logoing your stuff I wear stuff that says call the RN doula so my stuff is all logoed so I would read label and just take off and strangely enough we've talked about packing up and moving because my husband's retired so I have that fear every now and then of what if I leave my safe community but what if I go into an amazing new community maybe they need exactly. me so I'm open to you want to give me the 350 we'll go let's go <laughs> <laughs> awesome and um, the next question is, whether it comes to business building, attracting clients, or marketing your brand, what are some specific strategies that you've implemented that you really feel have helped to elevate your business? Um, I think from the very start, I made sure people knew integrity and honesty was my my upfront. Um, uh, don't ask me a question if you don't want an answer, um, because I'm going to give you an honest answer. And I will give people a chance to say, now, do you really want me to answer that or do you want to rephrase that? Um, so I think w the integrity, honesty, and just promoting what you really are, don't go in with a product that you're not really selling. Um, because my moms know I do have backup doulas. I've never used a backup doula. Um, basically, I'm there. And even in my RN side of my business now, it's pretty much me doing the care. Um, I get, you know, I hire people for other stuff, but I, it's, you're selling yourself. You're selling your business and even if you're a nurse every day or a doula every day it's what walks in the door that people see um and so that's what they're going to remember and sadly enough first impressions do last are they always perfect no because i've had people kind of back up from the glitter and the pink and then all of a sudden they start listening to me and go wow wow she's really on the same page as we are she's just putting her colors on the outside instead of on the inside mm -hmm. so i think it's honesty and integrity and being really upfront with people. Awesome. I love it. And then lastly, what is a quote that inspires you? Oh, wow. Um, I, I know they attribute it to the Buddha, but I don't think it is a true Buddha saying, Buddha saying. So I've kind of done some research, but it's the, um, there are three things that shall not that, Oh, I have to think how it goes. There are three things that cannot remain hidden, the sun, the moon, and the truth. And I do believe whoever wrote it, whoever said it, I do believe that. The truth will always come out. The sun comes up. The moon comes up. That's how I live my life. Beautiful. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on today's show, Johnny. We really loved getting to hear all of your insights and your stories. And before we wrap up, I'd love for you to just share a parting piece of guidance with our listeners, a little more about your business and the best way we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay, well, basically, I am the rndoula.com, or I'm at facebook.com slash the rndoula. Um, in parting advice, I tell people, you know what, give what you want to get back. Um, that's the best policy is I want, I want to attract the tribe that attracts me. So I want to work with the people who want me, and I don't want to be with anyone who doesn't want my care. 
And I think it should be shop well. Don't just go with the cheapest doula, the free doula. The doula has all the whatevers. Check it out. Check out your check out your competition. And I always tell people when they interview me, I'm interviewing you too. So I may or may not be able to provide care, but you know what? I want you to check out other people. Don't sign up with me because I'm the first one and you think I'm wonderful because in two weeks you may not think I'm wonderful when you find out how honest I am. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Um, the Dear Stula community is going to be able to find links to everything of value that we mentioned on today's show, all of the links to the resources and the books that you recommended. And they can do that by going to dearestula.com, clicking on the podcast button and finding your name in the archives or by simply typing Johnny Thompson, which is spelled J-O-N-N-Y and Thompson is T. T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N in our search bar and they'll have this episode's show notes page pop right up. Thank you again so much, Johnny, for connecting with me, for all your enthusiasm and support and helping me line up guests and come on the show yourself. The um, birth worker community is just a much better place with you in it and we send you a big warm hug. Thanks to your interview, we're all now one step closer to being connected, educated, and empowered. So you take care and have a great day. You too. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you.